Welcome to Reckless Attack. We are a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast. See, I can really write all that off pretty well now, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty pretty excited about. We've done it 16 times now. I would say we've done it 24 times because of the number of times I've had to repeat myself oh, yeah, when true. I have messed it up reading, <laughs> trying to either remember it or poorly read it from a Google document that we a, put together. A, a lot of those uh, after the fact. Oh, that was a practice run. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Uh, Clearly, plus all of our secret bonus content that we ooh, have uh, right. practiced us on. Yeah, so. exactly. Exactly. But hey, I'm your dungeon master. My name is Nathan. And I am excited to once again be joined by all of my wonderful players here on the Reckless Attack Actual Play 5th Edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. And we have had a fun last couple of episodes, a momentous last episode, last like 45 seconds of the last episode. The party is in Agmar. We have Woo! done it. Hey, <laughs> we're here. You have, you have reached your guys' guild hall. You have met your office administrator, <laughs> Berga Gavel, and you have been led into the map room of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild. Since we leveled up last week, let's change things up just a bit for your guys' introductions. So as we all go around, please tell everyone a little bit about what you got for your level three level ups. If you, the listener, are interested in more, go visit our Patreon for our latest behind the screen episode where we have the full half hour session where we roll for HP, get into a little more detail about all the abilities, all the level up content that you crave. Or if you like the mystery and don't want the spoilers, we got you. Listen on. Hi, my name is David, and I play Kaskrin Brightmane for my level three level up. I took a level of Warlock. I got four more HP, unfortunately. (laughs) Again, we rolled. It went poorly. Yep. And I also got two new defensive abilities that I can use as a bonus action, along with spells and everything else. So that's me. Sweet. Hello, hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan, and I play Checkers, the Grung Druid, and his trusty frog pal, Mango, who now, as Checkers is a level three (laughs) character with another level in Druid, Mango and Junior can finally leap onto the scene. Can finally exist, (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Not just figments of our imagination. Right. Before this point, they, I I didn't have the actual subclass ability, but now I do have the subclass ability, and I can do things with Mango and Junior, and it's great. And so chaos will truly begin. Oh, right. Yeah. If you thought one frog was bad... Now, welcome to the full, the full three stack frogs. You'll find our stack of frogs is quite operational. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How can they be croaking us if they don't know where? Who's a trap? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Sophie. I play Valeska Carter, the human astro cleric of the Arcana domain with a third level of cleric. Nothing really happens, except <laughs> I finally get bonus actions because I can take spiritual weapon now. Yep, exactly. You got some second <laughs> yep, level spells. Second level spells. That's fun. Yeah, yeah second level spells But great. nothing beyond that. But yeah, no. Hello, I am Steve, and I am playing Sylvesterlin, the Dragonborn Monk. And as of last game, I have taken the subclass in Monk, a, a third level in Monk, and with the subclass Way of the Four Elements, remastered uh, by uh, a person named Deoxy. 
So it's kind of a slightly modified version of the way of the four elements that is in the book. I have gained some a couple of nifty things, so I have six additional hit points, and I have some some key things I can do uh, using key energy. Um, so as opposed to key importance, as, as, as opposed yeah. to like yeah. key and well, they are still kind of important. Some of those are some spell effects types of things I can do, as well as I might have misspoken on our last time, but I do have a ranged punch now that is fifteen feet. Uh, I'm going to make a reference here that's pretty obscure, but it's more kind of like a Transor Z, you know, where he, nope. the rocket fist that shoots out and punches things. We don't, we don't, right. Steve. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, everyone, uh, be sure to visit us on Twitter and tell us if you understood that reference or or got it or Googled it later. And by the way, Val got five hit points. Yeah. Nice. Uh, rolling for HP went fine for some people and less fine for other people. Jekyll has also only got four hit points, so a very sad frog over here. Yes. But listen to the full episode, uh, the full right, behind the right. screen episode. I believe to really listen yeah, to our to, sheer yeah. disappointment <laughs> in rolling badly. The ups and downs. Yeah. Yes, I believe the average roll for us was actually the high roll for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everything kind of went down from there. Yeah, it was not good. But you know, that's why we we roll. I'm sure. I'm sure it, it'll it, all work it'll out. It'll all work out. The four of you are sort of in the midst of unpacking, but mostly Berga, again, your office administrator, who is a robust woman who is in a wheelchair, is showing you guys around and wanted to make sure, essentially said like, oh, oh, before you settle in, I have to show you the map room and brought you guys in. And that's how we will enter this episode. All four of you plus your various retinue and Berga, are standing in the map room of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild. Along all the walls are bookshelves. Some of the shelves have been refilled. There are quite a few tomes that are clearly visible. There's maps, there's scrolls, there's parchment, what have you. In the middle of the room is a large map that you can see. That seems to be a pretty exact copy or version of the same map that you guys got as you guys were traveling to Agmar. But it does also seem to have some amount of writing on it, perhaps. And behind it is a very fancy looking desk. And on the floor in front of you is a beautifully inlaid golden tree guild symbol. And it is shimmering in the interesting flashes of lights coming from the middle of the room where two orbs of bright light are rotating each other, reminiscent of the two sons of Rixia. I got dibs on this room. Absolutely not. I will fight you to the death for this. (laughs) Absolutely not, Checkers. We have bunks assigned to us already. You cannot sleep in this room. Why not? This place looks cool. Do you not understand how- This room is an option. Absolutely not. And Val just starts <laughs> drifting as if pulled by the books towards the bookshelves and slowly makes her way around the room, kind of going opposite to the desk towards the bookshelves mm-hmm. and is like examining the spines and seeing which ones are there and slowly circling around the room, probably while the, the rest <laughs> of the party continues. is like talking like, over If you're going to call dibs, I'm going to call dibs first, checkers. No, me first. I said it first. I walked in here first, checkers. Mm, I'm tallest. Yeah, right? 
<laughs> a real if I can't have it, then also Casgrain <laughs> can't have it yeah, kind of situation. Sell this, Hollis. I'm just saying. <laughs> Val is fine to just be in her moment because Berga will stop this. Yes, I was going to say. Well, yeah, you can have it if you would like to sleep here, but we have rooms furnished upstairs for you. I assure you it will probably be much more comfortable up there, but I suppose I don't know your accommodations. I only read your files and and know what the guild told me about, but if you'd like, you can, I suppose. We'll settle this later. Hmm. Val yells over her shoulder, nobody claims this room. It's all of ours. I think we were both descended from a bookworm. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Someone someone put self to bed. <laughs> he needs he to needs, go to sleep. He, he, needs, has to he, rest. Needs, he needs a long rest to get so. his wisdom back. <laughs> because he has gone mad. <laughs> so I so I have a I have a serious question. I have yes. an actual question. <laughs> yes. Well we don't we don't take those here. Yeah, I, my question wasn't serious. Excuse me. <laughs> Well, first of all, I don't know what the question was. It was, I demand this room. Uh, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> this room is mine? Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so are maps particularly common in this world? Because Kaskrin yeah, is question. treating this map almost like a sacred object. Great question. And yes and no. One of the really meaningful parts of the era of rediscovery that you guys are in is figuring out how the world and geography and topography of it has changed since the Ultra Giants. People were so isolated for so long, strange geographic happenings would just crop up. Oh, suddenly, I guess there is a mountain there. And hey, we're on the equator. Why is there now a glacier just floating there? So... Right now, there has been a decent job of people going out into the world and getting a little bit better handle on what things look like now. But your guys's map, you don't know exactly how recently it was made, but it is way more up to date than a lot of maps would be and has a good amount of the new interesting things happening on it. To have a big updated map like this would be a pretty big deal. And you also, you haven't gotten a good look at this table, but to have it this big in that level of detail is also a interesting, mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Like artifact? Yeah, artifact, or at least just like thing in front of you. A to curiosity. A curiosity is a great way to put it. So Kaskrin is walking forward a little bit, taking Velasca's cue, and instead of the books, he is approaching this map. He's running his fingers along the top of it very gently mm. as the two orbs are rotating above. So he's looking actually for the number of corrections that are on the map. Oh, and yeah. he can tell just by the lack of them how old this map is. Because the ones that he's used to, you know, have scribbles all over, they have mountain ranges Absolutely. erased or new hills added. And so the fact that this map doesn't have all of those is to him like a symbol of how precious it is. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say all of that, Kaskrin. As you run your hand over the map, the table begins to glow and a three-dimensional illusory topographical map springs up representative of all of the mountain ranges, all the forests, all of the cities, they're all still very stylized. 
they're almost certainly not to exact dimensions, but you now see in three dimensions and it just kind of artfully just starts in the middle and spreads out and you see the magic unfolding in front of you. As you continue running your hand over it, the writing that you saw also on it appears in very bright, legible writing. And I have it here for you. Fuck yes. Hmm. It is going to be a little bit different than the map you guys received, though the one that I give to you is the same one, because again, I didn't want to just remake the whole regional map. There is a lot of commentary in kind of this bright pink scrawl all over it. It has X's, it has labels, it has things circled. And Berga, as you are examining it and as this all activates, she comes up to you, Kaskrin, and she says, ah, yes, that is the... Last group's notes from what they had explored and what they had seen and what they had heard. It will hopefully be very valuable, and of course you can add your own. Self? Not that big, but close. And Self points to the flying whale mm-hmm. that is on the map. Kaskrin turns around to look at where Self is looking. It's like almost in a corner of the room where this whale is appearing Mm -hmm. and he sees the bright pink text next to it. This is incredible, Berga. Val's turned around to observe this and stare in awe. We'll take a few minutes and continue her walk around the entire map room, probably drifting to the desk. Wow, Berga. The old guildmates went all over the place, didn't they? Yes and no. They had come from a lot of different places. A few were relatively local, but they were able to trade in rumors, in all kinds of things, to get a little bit of information. They had a good relationship with the town guards, the bones. They were very aggressive about trying to find information as much as they could. But they were only really here for a handful of months. While they were busy, a lot of this is rumor, is um, things that they had heard from other people. Hmm. Do the notes that show up in, in purple, do they look like they were handwritten? Yes, and, absolutely. And if so, does it look like they were written by the same person? Yes, it does. Okay. Hey, Salve. I think we found your dragonborn friend. And Kaskrin walks over to a little bit of the map where it says Semaphorian Athos. Mm-hmm. There's a little diagram there. And then in purple letters above it, it just says jerks. <laughs> <laughs> and Kaskrin's like pointing to that in 3D space. I see. (laughs) (laughs) Although they're apparently not that far from loot. And Selv will point to the mountains directly to the uh, east of where the jerks are, where there's a note (laughs) with an arrow pointing to the mountains that says loot, question mark. (laughs) Val slowly pulls out the chair of the desk and like sits down and starts... Stealing notepads, (laughs) post-it notes. No, just getting acquainted. She's going to spend a lot of time here. Checkers would look jealously over at Val as she sits down, just like, I wanted that seat. (laughs) (laughs) Berga, can you actually tell us a little bit more about, I guess, who we're replacing? She nods at you. She has kind of a twinge of sadness, certainly of solemnity. And she says, yeah, of, of course I would. In fact, I have already pulled some of their public files and dossiers in case you would like to familiarize yourself with it. 
it might be easier for you to just look them over and then ask any questions that you might have. I knew them well for several months and I'm happy to trade stories and tell you all about them. That sounds like a good plan. May I give you another handout? Oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> Those of you listening are really missing out. Yeah, so right. you have many handouts. I am handing all of you four personnel dossiers <laughs> Jeez. from the previous members of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild in the Agmar branch. Each of them is a different member. And eliminate with extreme prejudice. Are we supposed to see this? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I wonder what mine looks like. <laughs> you could have asked to have seen it if you wanted to it is kind of a part of like the intake where you wouldn't have sat down to do it but this shouldn't be a surprise to you that they would have dossiers on everyone because you know that even in here Berga mentioned that she has your at least public dossiers to get ready for you could you guys go around and at least say the name and any interesting information that you may Find about the people that you are replacing here in Agmar. Yeah, I have Catherine Ware, age 39, ancestry half elf, preferred pronouns she, her. She was one of the high priestesses of the Dead Talkers, who took a commission in the Golden Tree to learn about and re educate individuals on post ultra giant burial practices to prevent undeath. Also of note, in a formal guild-notified relationship with fellow guildmate, Adutar. Mm-hmm. So I have Gabriella Pratton. She mm-hmm. is 29 years old, ancestry elf, preferred pronouns she, her. So she joined the Golden Tree to re-educate the world on the importance of living in harmony with nature. And to Checker's great enjoyment she has an intense aversion to shoes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you would actually notice on the map with the commentary on it, there is a note that says Gabby's hometown with a frowny face next to some ruins on it. Oh, sad. Kaskarin is reading through the dossier of one Adutar Gasher, age 46, ancestry dwarf. Preferred pronouns, he, him. As he's skimming through the dossier, he sees arcane powers. Yeah. Yes. He has appendage assimilation, which is a power that he has gotten after intense exposure to arcane energy in the early post-Ultra Giant world. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested that you got that one. As Kaskrin is looking at this, he notes that the full report of what happened is in the guild files, mm-hmm. and he will file that away for later. Yes. That's lovely. I didn't pass it out to anyone in, speci- in particular. But I thought Kaskarin might find that interesting, and you're the one who picked it up. <laughs> Finally, we have uh, Gasorn, uh, who is... One name. One name, <laughs> yeah, like Cher. Age 32, human ancestry, and preferred pronouns they, them. Apparently, they are quite the pit fighter. They've done some extensive pit fighting in their downtime. And as of note, a uh, note here, areas of expertise slash interest... I thought these were very interesting. Um, killing. Uh, <laughs> you don't say. Dismemberment. Oh, huh. mm-hmm. hmm. uh, hell raising. And then we have in parentheses for good. Of course. <laughs> Intimidation. Getting attention. And then I thought this would be of particular interest to checkers. Lifting smaller people into higher places. Ooh. Reading the motivations of others. And that one threw me off uh, <laughs> until I saw the asterisk. Asterisks. 
As, as, it's hard. It's yeah, hard. It, is, it is. Until I saw the little tiny star, <laughs> yep. which says actual list provided by guild member. So that is actually something that they did. <laughs> but apparently they have spent quite a bit of time voluntarily fighting in the pits. So that was interesting. So I would put this person as likely to survive, um, which then causes me a bit of concern because they were likely to survive and we have not heard anything. Three-time champion. In yes. fact, the fighting pits of a place that is on the map that you guys would have maybe even passed through. Of fight, yes, three-time champion of fighting pits of Karasta. I don't know that I want to meet whatever took these guys down. Are there any pictures uh, of their ancestral armor? Which is something that is also on the dossier. Yes, it does say, where's ancestral sigil armor passed down from Saint? Berga says, yeah, I believe that is something that they would have in the expanded files back in the guild headquarters. I'm sure we could requisition them if you would like. That would be interesting and something we can use to maybe track them down. So yes, please. <laughs> Very good. Of, of course. Yeah, yeah. Checkers is going to do a big yawn at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's the yawn? <laughs> wow. I feel like Jonathan and Steve are just trying to outdo <laughs> each other on weird noises they're well, like, how, do, how do I do a yawn in character? Because like I can't just no, yawn. No one will know. I'm just like, <laughs> I'll open my mouth and like, no sound. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Like, how, how would everyone... All of this is saying it, by the way. It's a lot, so, yeah. All I guess. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, time to hit the hay, huh? <laughs> Mostly Checkers is looking at you, Val, and just kind of looking at you a little bit angrily but like <laughs> no we should totally go to bed it's like he just can't stand to see you sit at the desk while he's not able to do that <laughs> <laughs> and it is not nighttime yeah. <laughs> just to remind everyone it's been a long day off of long weeks off of probably long months of training mm -hmm. but it's like maybe four o'clock like <laughs> maybe and it's summertime so it's still very light out <laughs> checkers if you're tired you can go to bed <laughs> <laughs> uh, well <laughs> maybe we should check out some of the other rooms in the guild hall See, i a, mean a fully healed selve would probably pick up on what checkers is trying to do <laughs> but selve with his current wisdom drain or damage i don't know what uh, exactly to mm -hmm. call it not so much <laughs> you guys can hear probably at this point you can hear etris clank in holding who knows what <laughs> hey y'all you gonna help oh what's all the what's all that light coming in and you can hear him like clomping down Etris, the hallway but absolutely not if you are carrying any ingredients you cannot come in this room there is so much flammable <laughs> material in here i thought you were supposed to leave those outside address what are you doing with them in in here? It's, they are are they sloshing? Address. What are you doing? <laughs> it's a it's not all flammable materials. I do not believe that <laughs> you can make anything flammable. He looks at you, Val, straight in the eyes, and says, "Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that." And Burger's like, "You take those to the back. There is a shed." The headquarters was very clear that you should keep all of your materials out of doors. It is new. It is yours. Enjoy. And he's like, well, that sounds good to me. And he starts clinking down that way. <laughs> anyway, we should make sure that you unpack and get settled in and do whatever it is that you want to do here on your, on your first day. 
And again, you hear a little bit of jostling coming from upstairs that you had heard a little bit at the end of last episode. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Different location, but maybe you also hear that. And she says, here is the, uh, the map room and the library out there, of course, the reception area, yeah. And we have a conference room for meeting people or hosting. Upstairs, of course, we have your rooms, the living accommodations, a common room. There's a kitchen. There is a shrine in case anyone kitchen. is interested in, uh, in prayer or any offerings to saints or gods. Out back, there is potion shed, an outhouse, and, uh, and lots of green area, that sort of thing. And under, she kind of looks at you guys, there is the vault of the guild. And I have not been in there in a little bit, so I don't know what all is in there, but that is also there. And now, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by A Foul Light Shines, a new free serial novel based on a D&D campaign. The Empire of Fire and Water has known 20 golden years of peace since the end of Agenion's War, a peace which is now in peril. When a ragtag group of friends intervene in a grotesque monster attack, they're too late to save a wounded man who leaves them with an encrypted journal and the words, Trust no one, Tyre. Can the gang find Tyre, escape the claws of more strange monsters, and uncover the lurking threat to the Empire before it's too late? This story features themes of found family and strength and diversity, and is available for free on Campfire and Royal Road. A foul light shines. Come for the fantasy. Stay for the cheese-obsessed goblin gunslinger. Hey everyone, Jonathan here with the mid-roll. If you're looking for the hottest frog memes around, join the Reckless Attack community on Discord. You can find a link to it in the show notes of our latest episodes or on our website, recklessattack.com. Want to support the show? Tell a friend or check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash recklessattack, where you can get access to our behind-the-screen talkback show as well as our new Reckless to Snack series, where we eat snacks, hang out, and just talk about whatever's on our mind. Thanks so much for listening to us, and we hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. I'm imagining as we're walking through this, in a farther off place in the guild hall, there is, of course, an armory. Yeah, absolutely. And a place for sparring. And I'm imagining it is a rather large rectangular room. There are armor stands. There are weapons and swords ready for use. Yep. But in the center of the armory is actually a large wooden platform that is filled with sand. Mm -hmm. And totally. it is like almost a Zen garden where there are rings that have been sort of raked into the sand, denoting specific locations from the epicenter. And in the very middle is actually a religious symbol that has been carved mm -hmm. cool. uh, to Thixius, mm -hmm. the patron saint of grappling. Cool. I love that we have a patron saint of grappling. That was literally when I said, like, I want to do saints. That's literally what I imagined <laughs> is that there is some dude who's just so fucking excellent at grappling. They're yeah. like, 
that dude must be a saint. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I guess <laughs> right? the gods have blessed me with the ability to grapple very good. And like, <laughs> and yes. So, and that's a real, everyone's like, yep, that's the saint of grappling. So it's like a combination sumo ring slash Zen garden. Cool. Amazing. And I have one world building note and one question. So world building note, you guys would know that this guild hall dates back to when Agmar was rebuilt. So there is quite a lot of time where there was probably golden tree people like adventurers who were located out of here from centuries ago, maybe even. All of these little bits and bobbles that survived any looting could be very old or they could be relatively new. And we'll see what you guys uncover and what we think is cool. The question that I had was, David, do you imagine these rings in the sand to be magical rings in the sand and therefore that reform after any sort of sparring? Or is it part of the practice to put all of it back together with rakes and with meditation and that sort of thing. Yeah. So I imagine ordinarily it is part of the ritual Mm -hmm. to rake the circles back into position. But this one, much like how the map is magical, also has when you begin the ritual, the lines just draw themselves. Mm. So it's more of a act of prayer and deference to Thixius as the rings draw themselves mm-hmm. instead of the manual version. But there's still the intent required. There's yes. still reflection. Yeah. I like that. This one's Excellent. just a little bit easier. Cool. So, so we, I don't know. <laughs> what's going on? We're over laughing the, at the same yeah. thing. David and I were having named, a nice world building You named the moment. god of grappling <laughs> Thixius. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just and how's like, that spelled, yeah. David? Uh, T-H-I-C-C-Z-E-U-S. <laughs> okay. Oh, let me correct my notes oh. quick. I thought I I'm thought just you imagine like forearms that are like three feet across. So I, sorry, I, I was just I thought you guys were laughing at the fact that he has turned a manual process and automated it. <laughs> yeah. It's um, like, you know, I'm not gonna do this. Why should I do this yeah, physically when yeah. we can have something it do seems it? Seems like me. a like a Magic. nice time to remind people that you too can name saints in our world <laughs> yeah. uh, by being a patron. Uh, they are, of course, all subject to review. Except <laughs> this one apparently. In, yeah. in times in times that are not being actively recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so that is a room that we walk past <laughs> canon um <laughs> you can't just make things canon by saying <laughs> <them. laughs> did anyone have any other room based additions at this point and yeah i just wanted to say i don't want to go into my thing yet but val has not left the desk mm-hmm. she is still there kind of absorbed in it's one of those super old desks with like 200 drawers and a lot of like secret compartments so she's just fiddling with it yeah and as berga ushered everyone out to the tour she probably looked back and saw Vale still sitting at the desk remembered her dossier of like yep. nah Vale's gonna be there for Z- a minute Val and then just like left her mm-hmm. and gave the tour to everybody else <laughs> that i expect to come back walk past that room like in the morning and Vel's still there but this time the desk has like all the drawers and like different drawers and stuff pulled out to different levels and stuff has moved around the desk and now it looks like a golem it's like a, it's like a giant wood golem yeah, that would be sick <laughs> hey guys look what I did <laughs> like defense of like the golden tree headquarters yeah, yeah, yeah. to summon the desk golem yeah. I mean you guys joke but we'll see um, so 
Oh, yes. Yeah, I, I have one thing, and we don't have to go into it too far into mm-hmm. either, but I'm just reading Gabriella Pratton's dossier again. Yeah. And I can imagine that she would have spent a lot of time outside in that green space behind the headquarters. Absolutely. So there would be quite a lot of... I'm imagining a combination of like a large water fixture, like a pond, mm-hmm. plus a like large tree, like fruit trees growing in the vicinity that would, you know, drop fruit around. And then just at the base of all these different trees would just be these series of weird mushrooms, like just Absolutely. kind of growing at the, the bottom of these. So, you know, in the back next to maybe the shed, there's, you know, four or five different trees and this whole host of different mushrooms next to this water fixture back there. Mm-hmm. Can Absolutely. I add to that yeah. a little bit. Where there may even be like behind the water fixture, a small like dark alcove. Mm-hmm. Cool. That okay. is like a little mushroom cave oh, for yeah. more mushrooms. Oh yeah, yeah. For yeah. that can't be in direct sunlight. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely, perfect. that's perfect. That's yeah. nice. Maybe there's like see like a little bioluminescent. Yeah, one I was, in I the was back. just yes, yeah. absolutely, Ex- excellent. Cannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I get a gavel that yeah. I can just like <laughs> has has cannon written somewhere on it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you guys get a tour of the essentially the first floor and Berger says, we'll show you the, the vaults and that sort of thing. And upstairs, again, all your living quarters. Um, uh, Taroth, Taroth, get down here. And you hear a f- now f- kind of familiar crash happening upstairs and then a scurry of little feet as this tiefling woman uh, in the wheelchair looks up at the top of the stairs. As you might remember, I described her with these straight pointy up horns that swirl like spirals and poking out from the top of the stairway are two similar horns, much smaller. For a moment, you might think like, oh, it's, is, it, is it like a, is it a baby? Is it something like that? You have a moment and then peering out from over the stairs is a terrible looking ugly <laughs> piggish face and then more emerges and then a like one and a half foot tall hunched creature with these big bat wings starts clomping down the stairs and looks around wildly at you all and says uh who are you uh hi i'm checkers i'm Caskrin. pleased to meet you sylvesterlin and I'll bow. Taroth, who you assume this creature is, gives a big flourishy bow with a lot of swirls and deep head almost to the ground. Sir! And now should I address you? This creature looks over at Berga and, uh, and she's like, yes, we practiced. I am Taroth, familiar of Berga. I am here to serve you all. In the Golden Tree Guild. And Berga just kind of like nods and just like points with her head. Let me help you <laughs> with your stuff. <laughs> because Self isn't quite feeling himself. Re- really wise. Yeah. Himself. Uh, he'll, he'll actually just hand his thing to, to Roth. Just, uh, his, what do you, back, what do you hand? Just like his backpack with his extra clothes and like the little like cooking materials and, and whatever he has with him. To Roth holds out these long, gnarled, pointed hands and takes your bag and comically is very heavy and large. He 
glares at a purse at your pocket that he clearly would rather be carrying <laughs> and is like, yes, sir. And kind Thank of like you. crab walks up the stairs. <laughs> dragging the, he's like walking yeah, up the stairs yeah. backwards, dragging the yeah. backpack. Selville turned back to the others and just say, he seems nice. <laughs> Maybe we should just carry our own things. <laughs> Please, yeah. sirs, follow me. Of course. <laughs> Burger actually stops you guys from walking up until... Taroth is all the way to the top and you can hear dragging of this bag <laughs> at the top as he disappears and she leans over and is just like, uh, yeah, so that's Taroth. He is mine. He does uh, suck a little. Um, <laughs> Don't but... tell him. He must suffer. <laughs> <laughs> but he is useful. He will do what I say and I say to do what you say. So he will be helpful to you. He is very good for reaching tall things and uh, not too many other things, but well, he's one of us. And I assume everyone starts going up the stairs. Uh -huh. Yep. So at the top of the stairs, you see a very lovely common room, essentially. Uh, got some chairs, has a nice fireplace, even a couple bookshelves, some decorations, maybe even some paintings and that sort of thing. You definitely see a potted plant that is now shattered on the ground. Oh, no. But you also see several rooms just off to this. They all have a bed in them existing. They all have windows, but they are also seemingly bereft of any decorations or of any other possessions that the prior guilders would have left. Assuming that Taroth has put his bag into his room, uh, Selv will begin to unpack or, uh, you know, go through his stuff and, and kind of organize things. Checkers is actually going to go into his room and seeing that there's nothing in there, open up the windows just the one window, I presume? Yeah. And he, Mango, and Juniors are actually going to go out the window and leap onto the roof, <laughs> which is where they're going to try and... That, like, they're claiming the roof as their domain. Okay, excellent. <laughs> as their bedroom. <laughs> like, I don't need... The bedroom is just a vehicle to get to the roof. Yeah, and it is... You can leave your stuff there if you want. Yeah, but right. You don't need to be there or right. anything. Is it a flat roof? Or I, I was imagining, roof? like, there was a roof garden up there with some... You know, also some some small edible plants and things, and uh, just kind of like nicely laid out little path. Yeah, what would you like the roof to look like, Jonathan? I like Steve's idea yeah. of it being like a, a like an area where there's a lot of direct sunlight up there. Mm -hmm. So taking the advantage to grow some nice things and have a little like uh, you know little garden, little especially path if you have thing. people that can create water. Right. Yeah. Maybe not the whole thing is set up like that, but definitely a good chunk of it. Yeah. Is, absolutely. Uh, actually, garden. I assume you climb up just wanting to be an agent of chaos and be like, I live on the roof yeah, now. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much. It's <laughs> like, hey. But what you find <laughs> yeah, is a, nice. a really lovely little garden. I'll say it probably is a little bit more gardeny than what you found downstairs. Sure. Where the downstairs one was like a nice, I was going to say water feature, mushroom feature. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and very decorative, but nice and meditative. Whereas up here seems to be a lot more plants and yeah. plant boxes and that kind of thing. Huh. Well, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> he was not expecting this when he got here. He was just expecting like a, like a flat roof with nothing on it. It's like, oh, well, I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> Do you guys, are you guys spending time? And, and again, Etris is moving stuff in. Berga's helping. I assume you guys are probably helping move whatever stuff you guys came with. But how much are you guys wanting to unpack? 
Unless somebody comes and gets Val. <laughs> she is at that desk. Okay. And she has her backpack with her and she is fiddling. <laughs> she is making herself at home. And I'm imagining checkers would probably spend part of the day just like every so often checking in on the map room and just like peeking in the door <laughs> quietly to see if Val is still in there. And every time that she is still in there, he'll just be like, yeah. <laughs> and and I'll also say I kind of imagine the map room as having no windows, you know, just kind of almost a a layer. Mm-hmm. That's it's a little a bit of a loaded word. It's almost like but, a fantasy study. Yeah, exactly, almost. exactly. Well, yeah, and no no windows, so there'd be no sunlight fading any of the maps or any of the mm-hmm. documents. Exactly, yeah, and you could have gotta protect the books, and you could have meeting, you know, secretive meetings there or that sort of thing. Uh, but so checkers, you would only be able to go past or by or whatever Uh that one doorway over and over and that would be the only way you could tell i spend a significant amount of time doing that (laughs) and every time i realize that val is still in there and checkers can't go in and sit down just immense irritation one one moment more (laughs) of pain right yeah it's like (laughs) caskrin would actually so he's washed up a bit he's gotten relaxed and he walks by the map room just as you are like peeking around yeah. the corner, and he just hears you muttering to yourself, like, And like, as Checkers leaves, Kaskrin will actually go into the map room to check on Val. Val, you've been here for hours. Are you okay? Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> Sophie, the player, just put her hands down, just like lovingly, right. onto the table we're all playing as, and, and started ca- caressing her journal. Yeah. Truly, yeah. just like I'm fine. Was embodying right. Val, the actual real human asterisk cleric. And Casper yeah. gets a little bit closer. Are you sure? Can I can I get you anything? I mean, I mean if you would give me some water, that would be great. And Val is still just like has her notebooks out. <laughs> She's probably going like page by page, making sure her notebooks are all set and has organized writing utensils. All of the admin office materials that she's been carrying with her this whole journey have been neatly organized into this desk. And then she might be like, as she uses the desk, I mean, like, no, I don't want it there. And, like, rearrange, taking it out of there. <laughs> and, like, as she does that, finds different drawers. Like, oh, well, that's brilliant. And, like, she will probably be like, yes, this is a good desk. And just, like, muttering. <laughs> as Checkers is muttering to himself that he's mad Val's in the desk. Val is muttering to herself, like, fuck yes. Two, op- two opposite but, ends of the yeah, same madness. Right. This is the desk. <laughs> Cascron's wearing the equivalent of like an undershirt. Like he's just been like cleaning and everything. Oh, all yeah. Day and, you yeah. Know. And then he'll like, oh, oh, oh. all right. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, get some water and then leaves Val alone. Mm-hmm. Which uh, is, I just, it strikes me as very interesting that Val always strikes me as an individual who'd be like, of course, I'm there to help unload that kind of stuff. But like, she is so <laughs> engrossed <laughs> by this moment and this turning point in what might be her entire life yeah. <laughs> setting up this desk that she's like, I don't care. I, this is, this is what I must do right this now. This is uh. too important to Val who has probably never had like a dedicated workspace. This nice, this uh, opulence, not the right word because I feel like this desk is still very efficient. It's not the right word. It's like very practical. Very yeah. Practical, practical is good. And Cass, you definitely get the sense of like, this is a very old, well-built, sturdy desk. 
And yeah, if you were to go around to other parts, you'd see that there's a lot of drawers and cabinets and things that fold out in ways that are interesting, not strange, but are unexpected. And it just seemed to be like a a whole thing. <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't quite get why Valeska is so enamored with this desk. Yeah, so it's he's like looking around trying to figure it out. And to him, it's like, it's a desk. <laughs> it remains just, a desk. Yeah. After, after Val just has been fiddling and like, drawers are opening or drawers are opened have been closed have been like you know stuff has been rearranged Cass comes in and just says Val there's a bald guy here with a bunch of pins coming out of his head he says you summoned him for something (laughs) (laughs) so what I'd be interested in is especially for those of you who are not living on rooftops or (laughs) living at a desk what do as you are unpacking what does your room look like? Selv is more or less a, growing up in a monastery, he's more or less a, a minimalist. He doesn't have a whole bunch of stuff. So he has everyday clothes, his gi, and then his like fancy dress up gi. <laughs> and then there's a, a handful of other odds and ends, like small little personal items that he might have kind of spread out either on the on a dresser or Yeah, and there'd be dressers and sill. tables yeah. and that kind of stuff for you as well. And then, but everything is left pretty practical so whatever he needs is like when he gets up in the morning whatever his his order of getting ready in the morning like stuff is in that order going yeah. from the bed <laughs> to the door you know it's or, or where it needs to be in order for him to to get to it i like that easily. where he kind of has a true routine in the morning that he just like yeah yeah goes so up and has like a checklist yeah that he's it, going exactly through. so he kind of he kind of goes through he's like okay I've, you know put this on this go this part goes on first mm-hmm. this part goes on second so that's the order they're in whatever he needs to do and it's like all that. it's all very but the the walls for the most part stay pretty bare i imagine there's probably some kind of fur or rug or something sure. uh, in the room that was put in there for him other than that everything is pretty basic so it's perfectly functional but no thrills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or frills. Sorry, frills. Oh, no or frills. both. <laughs> yeah. Just having, having all of your clothes laid out is not like exciting. So yeah, no right. thrills either. Right. Exactly. Kaskrin's been unpacking. And after a while, his room is actually just looking, it's like just pretty comfortable and homey. You know, there's like some baubles. It's clean. He's kind of got everything put away. But at the very end of it, he takes a last item from his bag and it is wrapped in this almost wax paper mm-hmm. it's like this maybe one cubic foot package mm-hmm. and Interesting. he he gingerly opens it breaking the seal of rachma that is on it inside there's something that he bought for himself in rachma before they left and he pulls out these incredibly high quality bed sheets. There's like 800 thread count bed sheets. One and million thread Lovingly count. that were woven from skilled artisans in Rachma. And he lovingly lays out these sheets onto his bed and just settles in. And it's just like, ah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming too, he's like bathed yeah, real quick after yeah, right. like unpacking yeah. and making sure like, because he's helped do everything. He has yeah. waited for this moment for weeks. I'm now just imagining you in like a nightgown. Right. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like, like a cap. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. A cap the, the and yeah. Ebenezer yeah. Scrooge cap. And like it's, again, it's, yeah. like, it's still evening. Yeah. But like I'm imagining just like 
I need to treat myself. Oh, yes. He's gotten, he's taken, you know, he's washed himself. He's got the hat, the robe. He's got like a cup where, of warm whereas, milk. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, whereas normally Cass makes a lot of noise when he walks because of the armor and everything. So now it's now and it's just the rock this, feet. Yeah. Now it's just like. <laughs> he's got like enormous slippers on. And it, it, yeah. It's like 6 p.m. It's not even that late. But it's been, it's been a long couple yeah, months. It's been a long couple months. And he's just letting himself enjoy these wonderful bed sheets. I, I'm curious. Do you think Kaskarin is someone who likes those sorts of little indulgences or is this like extra special for Kaskarin or is he like, no, I spend all my gold to live large all the time. Uh, where on that kind of spectrum do you imagine Kaskarin is? I think this is closer to extra special, yeah. but it's because he normally enjoys the little indulgences. Mm-hmm. A lot of his life has been spent walking around on patrol. And so this was something just a little bit above and beyond since they were going for a long journey. And I imagine it's like Castrin's going to treat himself to wonderful, magical sheets. So at the end of each day, he has that small indulgence and comfort. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah. This is not something he ever would have brought out on the road. He right. Was, yeah, it was for this, for this I love that it was That's wax lovely. sealed. Yes. So it was completely protected <laughs> yeah, on yeah. the journey. Yep. Oh, yeah. His most prized possession. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I'm imagining, so up on the rooftop <laughs> where all these little planters are, and it, it was a fairly well-kept garden during the time that the old guildmates were here. Mm-hmm. But since then, you know, Berga hasn't really been able to take care of this. and it's grown. At best, they hired someone to do it, or worse yet, so like maybe it's still more or less intact but very overgrown and maybe a few of the planters have shattered already so as part of preparing this space for checkers to live in he would actually probably knock over or empty out some more of the planters and get the dirt out and just mm-hmm. create this like large sort of like space that's full of dirt and put it on the center of the roof and then just like lay down in it and do like a snow <laughs> angel. It's like, ah, yeah, that's the stuff. <laughs> that's what I like. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fucking weirdos. <laughs> and Mango's just going to like roll around in it for a little bit. It's like, yep, yeah, this you is why. feel that dirt squishing between yeah, yeah, your like webbed toes. Yeah, squeeze, squeeze the, uh, the dirt in between his toes. So I have a question, actually. How is this dirt different from like normal dirt? Like how is this is mm. just how he sleeps or how he relaxes? <laughs> What's with the dirt? Yeah. Right. Uh, I was I was gonna say I haven't thought that far. Yeah, ahead, it's huh? not so much that it's special. It's just so much that this is how he would prefer to sleep, if not in a tree, then up here in the dirt. It's just like this is comfortable. Yeah, it's like, like I, he's just making it comfortable. Yeah, for himself. It was supporting all of those plants, so it must be really good dirt. Yeah, it's, and so <laughs> therefore it's got to be comfortable. Right, it's like nice soft dirt. One other thing, Self is going to do is take a bath of some kind. And hopefully there's bathing areas in, in there or or a place where they can eat up water. And uh, just, uh... How about this? It's always hilarious as a DM when you're coming up with buildings like this. Taverns or inns or... or Where's the bathroom? Whatever. You got to be like, okay, that's right. Where's the outhouse going to be? There needs to be a kitchen, I guess. And <laughs> how about the water mushroom feature is actually also a hot tub kind of situation hell yeah Yeah. where it is a kind of yeah it's kind of a magical hot spring it's not very big but burger would happily inform you that like you can take a nice warm bath out back 
I'll do that and then basically get ready for dinner. I'm assuming there's going to be some kind of all of us eat together somewhere. Whether that happens or not, Selv is just assuming that that's what's going to happen. At least Kaskrin and Selv both take baths out there, it sounds like. Yeah, Kaskrin would probably have also taken advantage of that before taking a nap. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was imagining that was the bath you yeah. took before collapsing into your fine sheets. As you guys are out there, you do see a, this is actually, it's a pretty nice sized courtyard that you guys have access to. There's still quite a few buildings, you know, kind of imagine it's a little bit like the suburbs where everyone has yards, but there's still houses all over the place. And there is a relatively recently built little shack a little bit off of where you guys are. And you will occasionally hear clanks and booms and strange gurgles <laughs> as Etris every once in a while comes out, his face already covered in soot and smoke and just says, hey, y'all, enjoy. <laughs> hey, y'all, none of that boom. Yeah. It was good. We're all good. Yep. It's fine. I will tell you if there is an emergency, I assure you I am a professional. Still got all my fingers, four and three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the afternoon goes on. You guys are able to successfully unload and you could have easily brought pretty much anything you wanted with you. But I'm also imagining that you guys as guilders only travel with so much at a time anyway. I'd imagine there's maybe a lot of books. There's maybe dirt or <laughs> I, I don't brought, know. I brought a whole sack of dirt. For just my in home case. Yeah, just, just because I didn't have dirt here. You yeah. know, <laughs> you never know. You know, yeah, you'd be surprised. Right. In a, that what wait, places wait, wait. In don't a city, have dirt. like you got to think about this stuff. Is Checkers <laughs> actually a vampire that can't sleep if he doesn't have the, the yes. dirt of his homeland <laughs> yes, underneath him? Exactly. Uh, to be fair, the last city we were in only had sand. I was going right. to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, Steve, I'd ask you to please stop revealing right. deep plot points that Jonathan and I have spent months trying to concoct. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Jonathan, I ah. told you not to reveal the dirt ah. for a few more episodes. I just Steve's I, played I, too many of these games, he'll I, guess it. I just had a foreshadow, you know, Nathan? Yeah, it's yeah, like, I can't just like, reveal I'm a vampire, right? <laughs> that I've been sleeping in dirt <laughs> right. all along. Right. They would have noticed by now. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have unpacked. Where's Val at in the... Again, unless anybody is trying to... Do anything. Edris is on <laughs> fire, she will come... That's very generous. I would have said someone else would have handled it. <laughs> right. I think there is actually a moment where it's dinner and Kaskrin's got cleaned up and he comes in. I imagine Val is still engrossed in her work and Kaskrin kind of gently lays a hand on her shoulder. At this point, Val's probably actually under the desk. <laughs> so, so Val is gone, okay. yeah. as far as you can yeah. see. No, no, no. She, she's still visible, but it's like a plumber, like looking under like the the desk and still just like fiddling yeah. with everything. So Kaskrin's more, he comes up, <laughs> he's got his hands on his hips and, and he's like, Valeska, <laughs> you need to get cleaned up. You have to eat. Come out of there. Can I ask really quick, what is Kaskrin wearing? Because I, <laughs> I need, I need yeah. to know for my own <laughs> mental state, like what am I picturing this conversation Ooh. happening? And there's no wrong answer. I need to be extremely clear. I've already gotten the mental image of Kaskrin in his wonderful nightgown and slippers, and that is enough. But I just, I need to know going in. So he is now wearing relaxing evening wear. It's like <laughs> a loose-fitting tunic. Nice pants, but he does still have the slippers on. And I'm imagining <laughs> oh, they're like perfection. his normal silk <laughs> sleepwear has like stars on it. And so it's like a nice baby blue and his slippers match that. Are they normal slippers 
or these are like one level below the sheet they are also important because he has to get like a size 24 slipper for his foot. <laughs> like 24 cylinder yeah, slipper. Yeah. <laughs> Extra triple wide. Yeah. 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 But um, you know, it's also a fantasy world where like turtles with giant feet walk yeah. around. So like there's someone, there's, there's got to be a vendor for that. The, yeah. Yeah, that. Who gets yeah. it? So he's walking around shuffling on those hands on his hips and it's like, Valeska, you've been out here for hours. You need to go get cleaned up. It's about dinner time. I'm imagining Tigers had also entered at some point. Like, yeah, Valeska, you gotta eat sometime. <laughs> at Checkers' words and not Cass's, Val will get up and just stare, like stare down Checkers. <laughs> and like and Val this is... is actively defensive towards this test. And, and this is how squatters rights or squatters uh, came up in the world of Rixia. Yeah. Like, save my spot. Right. D- again, dibs. Colin dibs. Kaskrin is going to try to negotiate a truce <laughs> from his pocket. He pulls out two pieces of jerky. Uh, <laughs> oh. Checkers, Ooh, if, high you, stakes. if you will let Velasca have this room after dinner for another four hours, I will give you this piece of lemon orange jerky. <laughs> Velasca. If you will come eat dinner and get cleaned up, I will give you this piece of oregano paprika jerky. Ooh. I want the oregano one, but yes, fine. And he hands it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. (laughs) Now, did you really want that one, or did you want it because that was the one that Kaskarin offered to Valeska? No, I'm not really a big fan of lemon. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Come on, Valeska, get out of there. Val will begrudgingly walk away from the desk and like look back longingly. <laughs> uh, and Berga comes up and, and she says, uh, "Yeah, yeah, it's a very good desk." That's where we have that oh. sad walking away song from the Incredible Charlie. Hulk. From oh yeah, <laughs> I was imagining that the sad Charlie Brown walk music too is also uh, appropriate. At some point during the day, I'm assuming. Berger would have been going past the door and Val would have yelled at her, not leaving the desk, like, Berger, yes. please come here. Uh, and just like hand outstretched, like, please come to from, me. From 30 feet away, just like, please come. And she yeah. just very, as casually as she can, while also being a little concerned for you, <laughs> kind of rolls up to you and is like, yeah, is everything okay? Val will interrogate Berga about Mm -hmm. this desk and confirm any and all of her theories about it. From as much as she knows, which is a decent amount, Mm -hmm. is happy to tell you anything that you suspect. It is is what you think it is. Okay. And Val will ask Berga to close the doors (laughs) on her way out and just give Val... Val will take like an hour after her conversation with Berga to really digest and process... The information of finding a desk of doing. A desk of doing, indeed. Now, Sophie. <laughs> I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't even handle it. So, as we said earlier, I don't know, David, uh, have you been clued in on I have, this? No. I have not, no. I have not 
haven't told my husband. Good. <laughs> that, that I appreciate that, Sophie, because that, this was for us. Yeah. And now it is for everyone. I like told David. I was like, Nathan, I have made a thing. <laughs> so and I love it. Unfortunately, it no longer works because it's done. Is <laughs> it, its work is never done. Yeah. Um, that's actually its slogan. Describe on yeah. the desk <laughs> in fancy cursive. So Sophie and Orval. You can decide how much you are divulging to the rest of the in-game party Mm -hmm. and when you are doing so. But for those around the table and for those listening, can you please... Please tell me it transforms into a golem. (laughs) Well, it could. I don't know. It's it's a complicated... It's a work in progress. Well, no. No. It's a complicated... We'll we'll get to it. Okay. Sophie, please unleash our madness (laughs) 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 upon everyone else. Yes. So the desk of doing. <laughs> I'm so <In> happy. <laughs> just Sophie and I are just here like <laughs> hunched back, giggling. Like giggling over our microphones. <laughs> In ages past, great arcane craftsmen labored their whole lives to create the ultimate melding of engineering, craft, and magic prowess. One such worker, a world-class carpenter and tinkerer and passable magician from the other side of the world, Centuries ago, she was commissioned by an arch-president to craft what all office workers and presidents crave, the ultimate workstation. (laughs) Years of work went by. Many say the desk creator, Officer Maxine Staples, went mad in the making of what she believed would be her greatest and most consequential work. Still years later, she stood in front of the arch-president, unveiled, the desk of doing... Those in the cabinet room that day claimed the original design contained an impossible number of kaleidoscopic drawers and cabinets, a space and time bending amount of tabletop space, and an almost uncomfortable amount of comfort. (laughs) (laughs) The legends say the arch president was delighted and immediately sat upon it, saying that, Truly, my work can now begin, before immediately having a heart attack. (laughs) Oh no. The craftsman was dragged away laughing and weeping madly and never heard from again. (laughs) The original has been allegedly lost to the ages, but the surviving apprentices went on to use parts of the base designs or those they could decipher to create 144 desks of doing, 12 by 12 for good luck, and to ward against any potentially lingering dangerous effects. Each desk has their own abilities and quirks, though Arcano carpenters that worked on them insist the differences weren't intentional. These desks were prized by statesmen, scholars, power brokers for generations, adding to both status and overall productivity. (laughs) (laughs) The desk of the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild has a few obvious uses. A writing tablet that creates a one-for-one copy of what is being written on it if there's parchment placed underneath it. A fold-out chessboard. There's a switch on the side that seemingly allows the desk to play against you. Oh, wow. Ah. A posture-correcting chair. (laughs) (laughs) A never-empty inkwell. And that's all you get to know for now. Sophie and I, over the course of maybe three just madness-fueled days, (laughs) traded ideas and messages to each other. And a lot of YouTube videos about... A, antique a lot of YouTube videos about antique desks wow. and all the hidden cabinetry therein. And once we had put together some of the obvious types of uses that anyone would be able to sit down and figure out like, oh, well, this ink doesn't, ink run, well out. doesn't run out yeah. and yeah. that sort of thing. 
We also have a few that we've come up with that after spending several hours testing, you'd be able to figure out. And Nathan, the DM, has a few other options that over the course of however much extra use, however much uh, levels of bureaucracy you gain, (laughs) you will be able to also know. I have also statted this out and I will be releasing it for public consumption later on. Nice. It is now dinner time. You have now managed to get Valeska away from the Golden Tree's desk of doing. Truly a magnificent bit of craftsmanship. As she walks out of the map room, she just takes a bite of jerky. It's like, I like the lemon one. (laughs) (laughs) Burger calls for Taroth to come down and watch the door. Yes, sir. Yes. And uh, plops down on the front desk there. Burger says, like, let me take you out to dinner. There is a a lovely establishment just a few doors down. It is uh, actually open almost all day. It is called Torts and Ports, and uh, I think you will love it. Come, follow me. You guys all exit the door into the sun-setting Agmar streets and head down as a group, as the Golden Tree Adventuring Guild here in Agmar for the first time, off to dinner. And that is where we will pick up next week. Thanks for playing, everybody. See you then. Bye. Home remodeling. Yeah. (laughs)